Welcome to the Free Life Chapel podcast, where we help you discover and live the free life in Christ. We're so glad you set aside time to join and connect with us. I know you'll be impacted by and through today's message. Now let's jump into it. Someone say, don't be tripping while you're tripping. Anybody got vacation plans this year? Where, where you, where you, where you, yeah, vacation, 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 vacation this summer. Okay, very good. On the count of three, I want you to shout out to me your favorite destination spot. Ready? One, two, three. Me too. Me too. I am right there with you. So when you go, take me with you, all right? I just, I'm going to live through you and all that. Uh, just so you know, we have set th- some things up here at Free Life. You might not be aware. You're allowed to vacation Monday through Saturday, not Sundays. I'm just, just make, make sure you're aware of that. Um, here's what I've learned. When you, when you do travel, especially if you're going to a place that you're not used to going to, especially if you're going, if you're going like abroad, if you're going to go international, I highly recommend a travel agent. Get somebody who's a pro that can help you set things up. They know stuff because they've been there that you don't know because you haven't been there. And how many of you know pictures can look a whole lot better than reality? Oh, yeah, yeah. No, you, you need to know the best hotels, the best flights, uh, the best sites, all, all that stuff. Well, today, here's the good news as we're kicking off this series. Here, here's the good news. Number one, God has everybody on a journey. Everybody in the house and you online, we all tripping right now. We are all on a trip. You're going somewhere. God has a plan. He's got you going somewhere. In fact, I wouldn't even call it a trip as much as I would a quest. There is a quest. There's, there's something we're going after. How many of you want more than you got right now? If your neighbor did not raise their hand, would you please politely slap them and tell them, welcome to church. You need to butter your life up and let's go. Let's lean in. How many of you want more than you got right now? More money, more joy, more laughter in the house, more love in it. Never mind. Just go. We, just, we just all need that. Yes. We're on a quest. So number one, God has everyone on a journey. But number two, here's the good news. God is your travel agent. God God is your agent. He knows and has the absolute best itinerary set out for you that's in places you've never been. But he's already got it set up. All you got to do is trust the journey. Psalm chapter 32 verse 8 says this. I will point out the road. We'll start that over again. Ready? One, two, three. I will point out the road that you should follow. I will be your teacher and watch over you. I will point out the road that you should follow. How many you know if you don't follow the road, it don't matter where the road goes? It's a road to nowhere if no one's on it. That means when God's word says the road that you should follow, that means you got to move. Would you talk to three people politely, appropriately, slap them on the shoulder and say, it's time to move, it's time to move, it's time to move, it's time to move, it's time to move. You got to move. (laughs) Now, moving is real frustrating when you're already comfortable. You ever had a long day at work? You come home. You go get a drink, grab the remote, flop down in the seat, and as soon as you get there, you go, I forgot my phone. (laughs) And so you make this noise. Ah! 
and you, well, that's over 50. And then you get up out of that seat and you go looking for your phone because you know you can't rest if you ain't got your phone beside you. And then you can come sit down. No more frustrating thing than to already be comfortable and then have to get up and move again. I want you to know something. Life is full of stops and starts, stops and starts, stops and starts. There's a place where you reach a season in your life and it's time to throw your hands up and celebrate, inhale, exhale, and take that moment. But the Bible, even God even told his people, he said, I want you to put the tent stakes to your tent. Put them halfway in the ground. Don't put them fully in the ground because we're about to move it, move it, move it. We're about to move again. Enjoy this moment, but don't think you're hanging out for a while because comfort can become a prison to you. You see, a changed life is a life that moves, a life that gets me out of yesterday and into a place called tomorrow. It's fully possible to be stuck in a place called yesterday for years, always talking about but never experiencing the next season of life. We have to keep moving in life. Your, your desired destination, whatever it is you're looking for, is not going to come to you. You have to go to it. Please hear me today. That university degree that you want, you've got to go after that. It's not, they're, they're not giving those away. You've got to go after it. That new business that you want to start, you've got to get up and you've got to go apply, get a business license, get some information, and you've got to go after it. That new career you want to start, you've got to have to apply for that thing, get the certifications, get yourself prepared to help it. Your health, you've got to go. You can't live on a Reese Cup diet and expect that health thing to come at you. You got to go after that financial growth. You want your finances better. You got to do something different than what you've been doing. You want your faith stronger? You got to do something different. there's There's no free pass for anybody in the room. Every situation that we face in life, including our faith and our relationship with God, is all about stepping forward, moving from where I am to where I need to be. That is going to be uncomfortable, but you've got to get off the couch and go do it anyway. we got to go. Here's the danger part. Some Christians, some Christ followers have become really soft. We've, 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 we've re, rewritten this book to make the theology work for me instead of me moving towards it. In other words, I'm expecting God to bring the next level to me without me pursuing. Well, I'm just waiting on God to bless me. Well, keep waiting. (laughs) Blessing is a result of my moving. It's not what moves me. Blessing comes by obedience. Obedience brings the blessing, not more and more prayer. Stop praying, start moving. Stop praying, start serving. Stop praying, go to Connect Four. Stop praying, start tithing. Stop praying and get involved. Apologize to your wife, apologize to your husband, get into some counseling and move it forward. You got to take a step. You got to move your life. God requires all of us to work with him. God requires all of us. In fact, Jesus was famous for requiring others to move before change hit their life. We always talk about, I want more, I want to grow, I want to be. You got to do what, what, what the word says. And Jesus is like, before I touch you, change your life, I need you to make a move. Jesus talked to the man, the lame man. He said, you want to be healed? Yeah, get up. What? 
Don't you think I would have done that if I could? I'm telling you, get up. If you get up, then you'll be healed. Well, okay. Jesus required him to move. What about the guy with the withered hand? Stretch it out. That is my issue. Are, are you kidding me? I need you to stretch that thing out. If you stretch it, reach, you'll be made whole. What, he, he told a dead man to come out of his grave. And no life would happen until he moved. But even the dead had to move. Your marriage might be dead. Your finances might be dead. Your parenting might be dead. But there's always life in his command. He said, move. Would you tell somebody one more time, God said to move. God said to move. See, watch this. Like these, like these three men, God's command requires you to violate your present circumstances. He's not asking you to do something that just makes sense. He's asking you to do something beyond what you even think is possible. I need you to step by faith. I need you to step because I said so. I need you to trust me. I need you to move. Well, I can't because my daddy never. Well, I can't because I'm too old and, and, and my time is gone. I, I, well, you don't understand. I, I can't because it wasn't my fault. Let me know how long that excuse works for you. Just keep on playing it. Just keep on playing it. We will all pat you on the back and say, I am so sorry. You're right. Stay right where you are. 20 years, 20 years in that same spot. God bless you. We're going to go on now. And life passes us by because we're good at the excuses, but we're not making moves. Well, I can't because I've never done that before. All right. Just, just stay right there. That's all good. Moving precedes miracles. Say that with me. Moving precedes miracles. Say it one more time. Moving precedes miracles. Israel was in bondage in Egypt for over 400 years. God said, time's up. It's time to come out. And he, he calls this guy named Moses. He says, Mo, you and me. Moses was 80 years old. 80-year-old deliverer. Let's go, Mo. All my 80-year-olds in the place, you're just now reaching your deliverance status. Like, you're just finally there. He goes, Mo, let's go. And, 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 and he told Moses, go get my folks. I want you to inspire Israel, and I want you to confront Pharaoh. Inspire my people and confront the bondage. Inspire, excite, motivate. Give them a vision of their future, and I need you to confront. I need you to push back on. I need you to make demands of the thing that's trying to hold you hostage. I want to move you out of bondage and into the promised land, but there's going to have to be some change that's going to happen. And here's what God has said. Exodus chapter 3, verse 18. Check this out. Here's what it says. You and the elders are to go to the king of Egypt and say to him, the Lord, the God of the Hebrews, has met with us. Let us take a three-day journey into the wilderness to offer sacrifices to the Lord our God. Here's what I want you to understand. The word Egypt in its original language literally means to shut, to limit, to restrict a narrow place, cramped, distress. Some of y'all just went, oh my God, I'm living in Egypt right now. I never even understood. Oh, that, that, I thought it was Polk County. Polk County is now named Egypt. 
I just feel so shut in. I feel locked down. I feel, I feel buried. I just can't break out of this situation. I, I feel like my dreams are held hostage. I, I feel like I, 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 I should be doing more. I should be further down the road than where I am right now. I feel like I've just been locked down. And God said, Moses, I want you to go and I want you to confront Pharaoh. And, and listen, he's going to be a bonehead. He's going to push back because bondage never wants to let go of something that's holding hostage. So it's not going to be easy. And so I got these plagues. I got these things I'm going to be releasing to bust up the bonehead. We're going to help to pry him loose, and we're going to convince him of some things. The blood's going to turn to water. There's going to be some frogs. Lice is going to be everywhere. Uh, then there's going to be flies into everything. Then I'm going to kill the livestock. And then from there, boils are going to break out in places you don't even want to think about boils breaking out. Then it's going to hell. And then there's locusts going to eat all the crops. And then darkness that you can feel is going to be in the room. And then we'll kill the firstborn of everything. And by then, he'll probably pry. He'll, he'll let you go. These ten plagues hit, and what's interesting is you're, as, as Moses is going, he's talking to Pharaoh, let God's people go. Here's what, here's what, here's what I, I, I've noticed when I begin to read that. It, Pharaoh into the, the fourth plague, that's where the flies were. The Bible says in Exodus chapter 8 that Pharaoh looked back and he goes, okay, here's how it goes down. I don't mind you going to sacrifice as long as you stay inside the borders of Egypt. Moses said, we just read three-day journey. We're leaving for three days. The men, the women, the kids, the cattle were gone for three days to worship God. Pharaoh's going, no, 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 no. He finally hits plague number four. He goes, okay, fine. Here's how it's going to go down. Your God, he, all these plagues, I can't take it anymore. Just go sacrifice, but, but, but not three days. Just stay inside the borders of Egypt. You and I are still dealing with our Pharaohs today, and, and here's what your Pharaoh would say. Worship God, but don't go too far. Worship, but, but not enough to change. Stay, stay, stay kind of close. Attend church, but don't get serious with it. Keep it surface. If you say amen, don't mean it. And if you raise a hand, make sure no one's looking. Keep your faith weak. Keep it ineffective. Keep your faith casual. I need you to stay inside of bondage. I don't mind your worship as long as it doesn't do anything for you. Just hang. Egypt fights everybody's worship. And what's very interesting is some scholars have stated that in these days, if a slave was three days removed from the master, the slave was automatically considered free. So what God was saying, three days journey to worship me, when I fully buy into worship, it fully sets me free. So the enemy says, I don't mind you worshiping, but don't go three days. Stay inside. And, 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 and so Moses said, basically, kiss my grits. And so he pushed back on it. That's not what God said. God said three full days journey out. So then here comes some more plagues. Then by plague number eight, here's the second time. The plague number eight hits of the locust. It hits, and then Pharaoh goes, okay, 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 wait, 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 wait. I can't take any more of this. And in Exodus chapter 10, he goes, okay, so here's how it's going to go. Only the men can go. You, the men can go three days journey, not the women, not the kids, not the cattle. Uh, you can go three days journey, but, but only the men. You got to leave the wives, leave the kids, leave the cattle behind. Do, can I remind you of what the wives, the kids, 
kids and the cattle all represent. The wives are, are, are the, the, the voice and the heartbeat, the educators of the home. They're the encouragement. And the kids are about the future. There is no future without the children. And the cattle represented the resources, the finances, the ability to worship God in a tangible way. What Pharaoh was saying is, I don't mind you leaving, and I don't mind you going, but I need you to make sure that we're going to bust up your home in order to do this. I need you to leave encouragement behind. I need you to leave the, the hope in the house behind. I need you to leave the future behind. Kids don't matter. Leave your resources behind. So go do a version of God, but don't go all the way. Because Egypt fights to split and stop the home. But Moses stood up and said, no, if the whole house doesn't go, none of us go. I need some brothers fighting for their house again. I, I need to see some men stand up and say, as for me and my house, speaking life over our spouses, speaking over our kids. Daddy, let me tell you, your kids are hungry to hear your voice of celebration and honor. They're hungry to hear your broken prayer. Yeah, I don't know how to pray. Then just utter three words or four words, Jesus bless them. That's they, they just need to hear you acknowledge that he's God and you speaking life and hope over them. We've got to get our men fighting for our homes. Pharaoh cannot have my home. No, as for me and my house. <laughs> then the third thing that went down was this. Then there was the ninth plague. Because they rejected that. No, if, if all of us can't go three days, we're not going anywhere. Then the ninth plague hit. That was, that was the plague of darkness. Like, it was so dark you could feel the darkness. It was, it was dark. No light would drive this darkness away. It was God's darkness. And in Exodus chapter 10... Pharaoh goes, okay, okay, hold on, whoa, 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 whoa. Uh, uh, dads, moms, kids, y'all can go, but just don't take the cattle. Leave, leave, leave the cattle behind. The Egyptians were fighting to cut off the resources of Israel. They wanted to keep them in financial bondage. They, they don't mind you coming, just don't tithe. Just go, but, but don't give. Because I still got you inside of Egypt as long as you learn to attend. And you find a way of just going, but not really going. Because as long as I keep you from tithing, I can cut your covenant off from God. And I got you right where I want you. So you do you. It's a form of godliness. You go right ahead. You enjoy that. But I got you where I want. That's what Pharaoh, that's what, that was one of Pharaoh's edicts that he gave out. And Moses went crazy. He pushed back on the whole thing. He, he, here's what he said. Worship God, but don't go too far. Worship God, but without your family. Worship God, but without your finances and a covenant, a blessing from God. This is what Pharaoh was offering. And Moses said, no compromise. Our families are coming all the way out. Our finances are coming all the way out. And we won't stop until we are all the way out because there's no room for compromise. If God said it, I can live it. Oh, I need you to say that. If God said it, I can live it. That's right. That's, if God said it in his word, it's my promise, and I can live that word. We need to understand that. And the Bible says that after the final plague, that not only did Israel come out with men, women, children, and cattle, 
But the Bible says they came out with the wealth of Egypt. Given, They said, please leave, and here's my credit card. Please leave, and here's my Gucci bag. Please leave, and here's my brand new bow from Matthews. Please leave, and here's my keys to my car. Just, just, just take it and go, please. Because you see, when you leave God's way, you don't leave empty-handed. No, no, no. No, when you leave God's way, everything that was stolen from you has got to be paid back sevenfold. It comes back more. You, you need your joy back in your family. You need your peace back in your mind again. I want my home fully restored, not partially. I'm not, I'm not happy with us fighting in church. No, our whole house is together loving each other, and life is getting better. You can have it all when you do it exactly the way God said to do it, but you've got to move if you're going to do it. No compromise. Someone shout, no compromise. We're living in a culture of compromise. We're living in a culture that's trying to sidestep consequences. No compromise. Exactly what God's word says. Here's, here's Egypt's message again. Then and now, compromise your obedience. Obey partially. Don't go too far. When I was a kid and I took a test and I got it wrong, I always tried to get partial credit. I'm fully wrong, but I'm trying to get something partial out of it. Let me help you. God doesn't give partial credit. It's right or it's wrong. It's yes or it's no. God's message is don't compromise. Deuteronomy chapter 5 verse 32, the Bible says this. Moses told the people, help me, you must be careful to obey all the commands of the Lord your God, following his instructions in every detail. God said you've got to leave Egypt in order to receive the promise. So let me help you. Let's just get practical. How do you move your life forward? How do I move? M-O-V-E. How do I move? Number one, you got to deal with your mindset. M, mindset. You got to change your thoughts. You got to think bigger. You got to pray bigger. Treating God like he's struggling. Treating God that his, like his finances are as bad as yours. Treating God like he's watching the news to see what's going to be happening tomorrow. You know, God doesn't watch the Weather Channel. He's, he's kind of good. No, treat God as if he's God and treat him as if you have a right to approach his throne boldly, Hebrews chapter 4, and receive grace to help in your time of need. I dare you to pray bigger prayers. I dare you to say, God, let's go. Let's live this life big, and I'm not playing. I'm not going to take a version of you. I'm not taking a portion of you. I want everything you've got. The Bible tells us as a man thinks, so is he. If you say, I can't do it, then you won't. Well, I can't do that church thing. You won't. You won't. Good to have you. I'm glad you're attending, but you won't. You'll hang for a while. You'll get frustrated, and you'll leave because you don't think it works because you never engaged it. I'm glad you're here, and I love you being here, but I'm going to just talk real and open and honest with you. This was not easy for any of us. We all came in, and those who were serving and those who were growing decided to take steps even when we didn't feel it. It was uncomfortable. It was weird. Did, I weren't, weren't even sure about it, but, but if Jesus is the way, I'm going to just step. There's no superstars spiritually. The only way anybody grows is if they keep taking steps forward out of comfort into advance. And ladies and gentlemen, sooner or later, you and I have got to make up our mind, I'm not staying here. 
I'm glad for where he brought me, but here is not an option anymore. If that's where I want to be, then I got to step from here and go there. And here's what I've learned. When I start stepping, he starts blessing. And every time I start stepping, he starts blessing. Oh, I'm tripping right now. Yes, I am. I'm going to just keep on stepping towards him because every step towards him is another step of obedience. And, and, and oh, the, the, the move precedes the miracle. You got to change your mind. You got to change your mind. Limited thoughts create a limited life. Make excuses. It just holds you hostage. You'll live in it. But the moment you and I begin to actually activate the word, it changes some things in our life. You see, God's commands reveal your ability. If the Bible says it, you can live it. If the Bible says it, you can do it. Be a cruel, mean God to ask you to do something that was out of your ability to do. So whatever this book says to do, you have full capacity to do it. You might have never seen your family do it. It's just more than what you've seen, but not more than what you can do. And you and I have got to learn to begin to engage it, realizing, and let me talk to all the folks my age, we not only have kids, but grandkids that are still watching us right now. And you and I are modeling the way. I've got a son that I love, and God's doing amazing things in his life, and he's, he's his own man, and he's going to serve Jesus whether his daddy gets flaky or not. But here's what I know about him. He's still watching his dad. He's still listening to what his dad does. There's something there. You and I, as long as we're sucking air, we're modeling this Christ life to somebody. We can't afford to take it casual. We can't afford to compromise. we got to keep taking steps and move forward in our life. If the Bible says it, I can live it. You can have a new attitude. Yes, you can. I know your attitude is on our nerves. It's got to be on yours. But trust me, it can change. You can have a new home. You can live addiction-free. There is a place in Christ where addictions are broken, over, gone. They don't dictate to you. They can be broken. Your finances can be whole. Your mind can be whole. Peace in your heart. You can see haters and love on them. It is crazy that you can reach a place in your life. It's possible. Number two, not only do we move with the, the, the end, we got to change our mind, but now we've got to oh, obey God's word. All of it. Not just the highlighted parts. Because the highlighted parts really are not about obedience. Highlighted parts are his promises to me. I'm loving them things. We always love the parts where he promises, but we forget that it's conditional. You do this, and I got you. And we're, we're claiming the I got you's, but we've not done our part. you got to move. Stretch that hand forth. Come out of that grave. Get up. Take up your bed and walk. He's waiting on you and I to do something that we think is beyond our ability. But when we're following the command of God's word, we are fully able to move our life forward. The word compromise is interesting. It literally means to give up ground. Why would you compromise? Why would you give up ground when God has promised the ground to you? Let me help you with something. Obedience will not hurt you. <laughs> I just love that one. It'll get on your nerves, but it won't hurt you. It'll be uncomfortable, but it won't hurt you. God's word is a guarantee. It's not a trial run. You are not God's experiment. You're not the first one he's told to do this. He told you, if you do this, I will do this. This is the guarantee. It's proven. It's solid. Ephesians 1 verse 11 says, he chose us in advance and he makes everything work out according to his plan. God's plan has a greater purpose than what we can even see from where we are. We got to go. So, M is 
change your mindset. O is obey God's word. V is, oh, vision. V is vision. Isaiah 43, 19. This is, this is how you move your life forward. Isaiah 43. For I'm about to do something new. See, I've already begun. Do you not see it? I will make a path through the wilderness. I will create rivers in the dry wasteland. Can't you see it? I need you to see your life changing. Well, if you only saw what else, I'm not asking you to look at your circumstance. I'm asking to look at your future. Can you see it? Do you have a hope inside that I don't have to live this way the rest of my life? Do you have a hope inside that my days are getting better, my family's getting stronger, finances are growing, my walk with Christ is growing? I, I can live that. I can do it. Is there something brewing inside of you? Can't you see it? I'm already working. I got angels dispatched. They've been working night and day on this stuff. Oh, what do you mean you can't say that? You should have lost your mind a long time ago. I've been working. He's working on your behalf. See, the promises of the Bible are not a tease. They're a picture of God's future for your life. It's like the puzzle box. The box holds all the pieces. But if you enjoy working puzzles, you know as soon as you dump the pieces out, you set the box up so you can see the picture. Because the picture shows you how to put the pieces together. His word is the top, the cover of the puzzle box. And I need you to keep your eyes on it and learn how to arrange the pieces. And I'll show you what the picture, the full picture, the finished picture is going to look like. But you got to do it this way. That's why it's critical to get voices in your life that talk about God's future picture of you, not just your present situation. You can find people that talk bad about your present situation. You and I talk, can talk bad about it. You ain't got to go find somebody to talk bad about your present situation. But do you have a brother? Do you have a sister? You got your guy, your dude, your posse in your world that can tell you about where you're going, not just where you are. They can see God's best in your life. You got to get those people in your life. Mindset, obedience, vision, and then E. If you're going to move your life, you need some expectation. Oh, silky, silky, it's about to change right now. Let's go. Silky is not a Hebrew word. That's just a Polk County word, so don't even look it up. Don't even try it. Tripping with God is an exciting life. Ladies and gentlemen, I'm having the time of my life. Serving Jesus is not tired, boring, run down, uh, okay, do the thing. I don't do this on Sunday and then get back to living. This is living. Are you kidding me? All of heaven is leveraged for me. I've got a book of promises in my life. This is not hype. This is hope. And I show up excited because I know you, you never know what he's going to do right now, but I know it's getting better. 
My life has radically changed over my 50 years of serving. At five years old, I prayed to accept Jesus. I've been serving Jesus a half a century. Oh my God. But I've been, but these 50 years, I can tell you there's been these hallmark moments in my life where God has strategically revealed and I've seen his hand move and the blessing continues to flow. This is not a joke. When you fully buy in, when there's no compromise, I'm not just going part way out, I'm going all the way out. I am moving out of bondage into full promises of everything he said I can have. When you get your mindset right, when I decide I'm walking in obedience, I set a vision for my future and I'm living with oh, let's go. Expectation brewing on the inside. I want you to know this is what living is all about and because when you set yourself in that capacity, you've leveraged all of heaven on your behalf. You get rewarded for moving. There's unexpected surprises that hit along the way. The blessings of God flow for the obedient steps that you're taking out of comfort into growth. God blesses that. Let me finish with this. Don't be tripping while you're tripping. Your life is a journey and God wants to be your agent. He'll set the itinerary. But when traveling to a place you've never been, you need a guide who's already been there who can set it up. So are you going to live stuck at home or are you going to live moving towards your new destination? Because this is all I can do is bring you this far and I've got to stop. I can't go any further. Now it's up to you. Wives, you can't push your husband into that place. He's got to get his bone-headed self moving all by himself. Brothers, you can't push your wives into taking steps. They have to decide staying here is no longer an option. I want more. I dare you to get a slogan. I dare you to get a mantra. I dare you to get something brewing in your house that you look at each other and say, we want more. We want more. Thank God for where we are, but I want more. I need to see myself owning my third investment house. Thank you. I can do that thing. Yes, I can. I can see myself finishing the degree. Yes, I can. Yes, I Well, I don't even have a, a, a high school diploma. Get the GED and go sign up for school. Let's go. I, I, I dare you to start seeing more. I dare you to think out of the box. People are dying in life because a lack of permission they've given themselves to think beyond their present circumstance. Life is tired. Marriages are boring. Life is so predictable. It's weak. It's old. Jesus did not die for you to live a stagnant, weak, tired life. He died that you would have life and life more abundant. The blessings of heaven flowing, busting Pharaoh in the mouth, stepping large, taking everything he's got and stepping into your future. You can have it all. Somebody shout, I can have it all. Stand to your feet. Come on, stand to your feet. We got to move. Change your mind, walk in obedience, get a vision, start expecting great things happening, and let God set the pace for your life. You can move. You can trip. You can radically transform your life over these summer months. By the time we start September 1st, you can be an entirely different man or woman in this room. You, you certainly can. Three months of pursuing God, it will blow your mind who you can become. Your kids will say, thank you, God. Or what you did in my parents' life.
It's totally up to you, just like it's up to me. I can't, I can't afford to stagnate. All my young folks in the room today, you think all this religious stuff is just kind of, well, whatever, that's for the old folk. All right. Bloody your nose on the wall of culture. You go ahead and just, just run headlong into it. You'll find out real quick that there's nothing tired about Jesus or his ways. It's the only way to true success in life where you get to keep your peace. You don't destroy your future by doing it his way. I promise you, he's the way to life. Father, we're praying today because we are inviting you into our life in a fresh way. We, we know what your word says. Your word challenges us. But all your word can do is stand outside of us as a promise. We have to engage it. If I don't move, then I can't claim that promise. The promise is only available if I step to it. So today, God, I'm praying that you would stir my friends' lives in this room, those watching online, those listening to my podcast, that, God, you would stir them on my brothers at Polk CI. There's next level. There's growth, and we're coming after you, God. We're not satisfied, thankful for where we are, but not satisfied for it, with it. I want more. I want everything you said I can be. I want to have what you said I can have. I want to do what you said I can do. I want it all. Father, I pray today that you would let a righteous frustration settle into our hearts that would gnaw at us, work on us, disturb our sleep, disrupt our day with a passion, a desire for more, advance, grow, that these dreams would come alive, that I would live this. Thank you for the reality of your word, for the promise, for the push, and for your ability to back it up because you're good for your word. We thank you and honor you for it all in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. If you enjoyed today's message, we invite you to connect with us by following us on our social media platforms or through our website at freelifechapel.org. Thank you for joining us today. Have a wonderful week.